0: Either way, he's like the encyclopedia of mafia history, and I've sat down with him for cigars and drinks, and he, and not only that, I've read all of his books. He really can tell you, Ybor City was probably the best kept secret in mafia history.
1: Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Max Herman, and Max runs uh, Ybor City Ghost Tour. Uh, I recently went on the tour, and I thought it was super cool, so I asked him if he would be on the podcast. Uh, Jess and I went on it, and um we'll get into it and so check this out so he'll play a video he'll play an intro and then Mm -hmm. then you'll be allowed so so yeah sorry matthew
0: thanks for having me and it's a pleasure and coming on my tour and enjoying ybor city along with me uh it's really nice to be out here you got a great setup i mean really really well done and i'm happy to see you again i mean how you been
1: yeah good. good so um I was gonna. What I I wanted yep. to mention was that I've actually been on ghost tours before. Okay, so, and I think I mentioned that when we went. On yeah, I talked mm-hmm. on the phone with you that time. Was that? So it. You know, I don't know. You probably don't know anything about. Uh, you don't know much about my story, anyway. Um, when I was I was on the run for three years, but when I was on the run, I, I actually know. went to uh, New Orleans at one time. We went for like a me and the chick I was with. We went for like a week or two, and we went on three different ghost tours. How about that? And. Um, but they, you know, and they were they were in, you know, they were cool and they were interesting. Mm. But we stayed outside, like the houses, like we stayed on the street, and they would walk and stand in front of this building was built in, yes. you know, eighteen ten, and was owned by so and so. And then in eighteen ninety, there was a murder, and mm. they would do that. But yours was was different. When I went on yours, so I always liked ghost tours. Yeah. But when I went on yours, we actually went into the houses, and it was it was way different. You went way deeper into the history of Ebor City, and so it was it was really cool. And and I didn't I I, I learned a lot on it, and that's why. I
0: well, it's, it's a it's a major difference when you go on ghost tours or any kind of tour, whether it's history, ghosts, or art. Depending on who the guide is, makes the tour what it is. I right. mean, everything I give you, you can get out of a you know Google search, really, but. I also present it in a certain way that brings you like, it paints the picture for you as we lead into these haunted buildings. Now, as you know, because you went on the ghost tour, I pretty much tell the stories of what happened here, the history, and give you a good idea, and then I let you explore. Because if I'm in that building talking and trying to hit buttons or something the way some ghost tours can do, the ghosts will just disappear, no pun intended. But like, they will literally come out and play if you walk into that building with the respect and knowledge of what has happened there. And if you do go in there with an open mind, I mean, more times than not, you'll get activity.
1: All right. Well, I was gonna say, do you remember the safe? Where well, you the showed safe? The safe. Yeah. I, a couple days after um, you and I, uh, or you, you, me, and Jess, mm-hmm. we we went on the tour. A couple days later, it was uh, Jess and I took her daughter. And we went and we went and saw the safe. And I was uh, like, how heavy this thing? Remember you were really oh trying yeah. to get us to roll it around, I mean, you like push
0: on it? Like, it's... It's it's a classic old safe. And yep. it's it's got so much history behind it. That's the other thing about the tours. We sprinkle in some history to make sure you understand why these old buildings are here. And then after that, we get right into the good stuff. The, uh, the murder, the mayhem, the heartbreak,
1: and, well, of course, the spirits. Right. Mm-hmm. So ebor City. A lot of people that watch this, like you have to understand, there are oh, people yeah. from mm-hmm. Tampa, but then there are people from you know around from, the world. All, yeah, L.A. Yeah, I get guys that are from uh, Australia. Mm. Guys will send me stuff from you know, hey, New Zealand or wherever. Cool. They're like, hey, you know, watching, I'm watching from the well, UK. hello New Zealand. <laughs> so, um, basically, there's Tampa, and there's an area of Tampa called ebor City. Mm-hmm. And so the so what. Tell me what the the history of Ybor City so Ybor City first of all came together when Tampa was nothing but
0: alligators and mosquitoes the population of Tampa Florida came together in 1885 it was about 700 total people but this uh, Spaniard named Mr. Vincente Martinez Ybor, he went to Cuba to avoid conscription to the army of the Civil War in Spain when he got to Cuba he learned about cigars and in the cigar industry he worked his way through eventually he opened his own factory and became wildly successful from there. He got to be pretty comfortable as a Cuban and a little bit more, you know, upset with the Spanish colonization of Cuba. He started speaking out on it, so the Spanish government kicked him off the island. He went to look for a new place to go, and as he walked around America, or traveled around America, he started seeing industry towns popping up around. He knew that he could open a new factory anywhere, but he wanted his own industry town, which I know that sounds crazy today, but you think of places like Hershey, Pennsylvania and stuff. It was not uncommon. Well, he comes to Tampa, Florida, like I said, backwater, nothing but fishing cottages around. And these guys, they're kind of desperate to get back on the map. In fact, the, the, the Bank of Tampa was going to implode and go back to Jacksonville before Mr. Ebor arrived. When he gets there, he sits down with the Board of Trade of Tampa, which are like the, you know, kind of the city, like, council. city council. Yeah. They negotiate some concessions. He buys some swamp and immediately writes to everybody he's ever met. But here's the thing. When he writes to all these guys in the cigar industry to come this way, he tells these Board of Trade, I'm gonna bring people to your little sleepy town of Tampa under one condition. I want my own city. I want my own mayor. I want my own police force. I want my own rules. In fact, that's the reason why Ybor City went so wild with, well, organized crime, because Mr. Ybor had his own mayor, his own police force, like six guys, you know, and A lot the Tampa of control. police. Yeah, pretty easy to get six guys on your payroll. And they also had a port and a railroad connected to it. When the organized crime organizations found out about that, it went in crazy mode to immediately get as many people down here as possible to see who could take over. Well, Ybor City, being its own city, eventually became part of Hillsborough County, Tampa, Florida, because, well, like I said, that cigar industry came this way and it was successful. When you're making money, eventually people are like, yeah, we want you all on board. So it went from being its own city, much to Mr. Ybor's disgrunt, to part of Tampa, Florida. So now it's a neighborhood of Tampa, Florida, but it's notorious, yeah. and that's why our tours have such an attraction. Because people they'll drive through Ybor City and go, "What is this place? Why is it so different than you know half a mile that way?" Because it was
1: its own municipality, or you know the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it yeah. was its own city. You right. Know? <laughs> um, I was gonna say it's it's funny because whenever somebody ever asks me about Ybor, I'm always like, you know, it's it's a lot like. Um, bourbon street like we have 7th avenue Mm -hmm. which is a lot like bourbon street but the difference is the buildings are so much nicer in ebor yeah you go to you go to bourbon street and it's not that nice and it's sinking and the buildings aren't holding up well like ebor has the same style buildings but they're bigger they're in better condition they're taller they have the same they have the 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 um banisters yeah you can look over and um, we have uh, guava Ween, uh, We've got uh, Mardi Gras uh, that we do down there. Gasparilla,
0: Gasparilla, everything that you can think of. You know, Pride parade, whatever you think of, they have an excuse to throw beads and have, right. some, have some drinks. Right. The reason why, in my opinion, it probably looks that way is because first of all, it's a little newer than New Orleans, you know, but also uh, it's a National Historic Landmark District, which there's only three of those in the entire state of Florida. To get that designation you have to have a major impact on american history and that's why i also do a little history on my tours as well because it kind of sprinkles in with the ghosts but uh the national historic designation means that it gets funding from the government to make sure those old buildings stay exactly as they were right so these buildings which have been around for 110 120 years they look like they were built yesterday but in the old school look of you know like yeah, they don't yeah, make them like
1: they used to they're great yeah, yeah there's a bunch of cigar factories oh, it's or, amazing. Or Cigar. Sorry. Um, shops and warehouses yeah. and and still, uh, there's still there's still factories back yeah, a couple right mm-hmm. um i was going to say uh Gasparilla you know yeah. so Jose Gaspar right yeah. the pirate Jose Gaspar mm-hmm. you understand up until probably i want to say you know probably till i was in my 30s i thought he was a real person <laughs> me too i always thought he was a real person like they had this whole this whole um background and history yeah. about this pirate and how he how he became a pirate, and he was once a like a sailor, and then this happened, and he eventually took over all of Tampa. All bullshit. And all? I totally bought it. Like I believed all. Well, that. Uh, you're from Tampa?
0: Yes. It was the boogeyman. You know, my mom would tell me, "You gotta eat your vegetables, or Jose Gaspar is gonna bust down the door and, and kill us all." It was, you know, it was like the Tampa boogeyman. <laughs> <It> was, um. <laughs> but Jose Gaspar, as even though it's a mythical pirate, it's still a great excuse to start drinking rum at nine in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so okay, so you we were going to talk about uh, basically the uh, like the history of kind of the mob in the general mob in yeah. in Ebor and how they eventually came down mm-hmm. and like you know like I, I mentioned to you earlier like I grew up down the street from uh, the Tropicani's. yeah Trappicantes right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Am I saying uh, that wrong? Traficante. Yeah. Traficante? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's you know, okay. From, but it's I'm, okay. You know, backwoods. So uh, well, I'll
0: tell you, um, you know, the guy that I get most of my information from, he actually is the guy who wrote a book on Santo Traficante. He wrote the Cigar City Mafia book. His name is Scott, and I always mess up his last name, Deitchi or Ditch? Uh Either way, he's like the encyclopedia of mafia history, and I've sat down with him for cigars and drinks, and he, and not only that, I've read all of his books. He really can tell you, Ybor City was probably the best-kept secret in mafia history. I mean, first of all, remember I told you Mr. Ebor sat down with the Board of Trade and all that? Well, the Board of Trade of Tampa, as prestigious as that sounds, was nothing but, like, you know, alligator farmers and fishermen. Like, they really had no idea what they were doing. And when this fancy Spaniard sits down with them and starts talking business, they're going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's like, these guys don't even have a business bone in their body. Right. So, like a good businessman, he started playing hard to get. Yeah. He started saying stuff like, well, you know. Uh, money really isn't an issue. I can buy a lot of things, and you know I've been to a lot of towns that I've seen. And really, the problem in Tampa is you guys are prudes. You think gambling should be illegal. It was illegal right. in Tampa, Florida, then. You think alcohol should be illegal, which long before nationwide prohibition, no alcohol out in Tampa. It was a very Christian area. In fact, I think uh, what you can't buy alcohol till on Sunday till 11 a.m. or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. That's well, that used to be 4 p.m. They only changed it for the Buccaneers games. But uh, anyways, um. He thought, if I bring a bunch of Cubans to this area to roll cigars, I know them. They're going to want to drink. They're going to want to gamble. They're going to want to sing and dance all night. This isn't going to work out. So the Board of Trade, they said, well, Mr. Ebor, why don't we just turn our backs to that swamp of yours, and you can just have your fun out there. And he said, I'll need that in writing right now. Right. So that day, they added a new page to the Tampa Town Charter called Mr. Ebor's Provisions. (laughs) Nice, right? In these provisions, gambling was legal in Ebor City only. Alcohol? Ybor City only. But this was also in the provisions. Remember, I told you that they had their own police force? Yeah. No Tampa police official could arrest anybody in Ybor City, no matter the crime. So when the mafia found out about that, (laughs) absolute power. (laughs) Yeah, with a port and a railroad, that sweet Caribbean rum was flowing through here like the Hillsborough River. I mean, any big name you can think of, from Al Capone and Meyer Lansky, the biggest one, Santo Traficante Jr. He and his dad pretty much ruled Ybor City from the '50s all the way through the '80s. But I could tell you about some other characters. Like, um, there's a guy that uh, is known as the White Shadow. You ever heard of a name named Charlie Wall? You ever heard that name before? That sounds familiar. Charlie Wall. If you have a chance to Google and look him up, he's uh, he was he was the kingpin of Ybor City, not just Ybor but Tampa. And uh, he he actually was not like your traditional mafioso, like on The Godfather. Or, you
1: know, he wasn't a nothing I to say, something why do I wanna- guy. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm, it makes me think of the Dix, Dixie Mafia, but that's probably. No, no.
0: It, Charlie was. Um, well, Charlie was. Uh, he was a local here in Tampa. He, he also his dad was part of the board of trade. He came up very rich, but he got into some shaky situations. Well, some tragedies happened in his family. His mother died, things like that. And he eventually got involved in a game called Bolita, which have you ever heard of the game Bolita? Well, good. Uh, Bolita Spanish for little ball was the biggest gambling game in Tampa, Florida. It was like a lotto game, but more of a social event, because there was a bunch of them on every block. And Charlie happened to be involved in this. But eventually, he rose to become the king of Bolita. He literally what took over. It like,
1: the, like the lottery or something? Or? Yeah, let me
0: explain. It's actually pretty funny. Um, like I said, they have one on every single block, Bolita operations all around the town. And uh, what you do is you go in there, you, you pay for your number and all that. And then uh, after that, they bring you into the room where you can drink and gamble and have a good time. Mostly, it was like a social event. But when they were ready to start the Bolita game, little ball they lock the front door so nobody else can get in and then they bring everybody into a side room known as the staging room where pretty much there's a big stage a table on the stage a big bag and then a bunch of little tiny balls with numbers all on the table when they're ready to start the game they pour all the balls into the bag they tie it up and the believe operator throws it into the crowd and the crowd you know catches the bag and they're juggling around and throwing it around and shaking it and cheering and i mean you've had like three or four cocktails at this point it's a great time Eventually, they throw the bag on stage. The bolita operator catches the bag, opens it up, starts reaching in. The last ball picked out is the winner of everybody's money. So it is kind of like the lottery. Yeah. But in the lottery, if nobody wins, what happens? Not in bolita.
1: If nobody wins, house wins. House keeps it. Better luck next time. I was going to say, you, you throw that bag in the crowd. <laughs> you, I'm going to throw you a bag back that doesn't have a ball in it. You <laughs> yeah, know what you I mean? Know. Or, you know, well, you want your ball to be picked, of course. So you had to be very careful
0: about if you did cheat in this game. Like I said, every single block had a Bolete operation. If they were like, this guy cheats, don't go here. But Charlie had a pretty good idea, Charlie Wall. One day he looked at his wall with all the numbers on it and said, well, nobody's picked number two. So he goes to the staging area by himself, takes the number two ball and puts it on a block of ice. When the game's ready to start, he puts it back with the other balls. When that believed operator catches the bag and reaches in and feels the cold ball, that'll be the last one picked. Number two, oh, no one's got it. And then he closes it to create some heat, puts it back down, and everybody comes and inspects the balls, make sure they're not weighed or anything. Charlie got away with it for years. Made a ton of money. <sighs> it's so just wrong. Ten. It's
1: just wrong. Hey, well,
0: well some, you, you, you hear these organized crime stories. And I, Scott, by the way, that guy, he does a whole mafia tour, if you do want to do it. I mean... He's the guy to talk to about all that kind of stuff. Oh, he He's does. Does he genius. do
1: it? Does yeah. he do it for, with your tour? No, no,
0: no. whole different company. Whole different. And it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, real recognized real. He's a great tour guide. And well, he lets me do all the history and the ghosts and he covers most of that stuff. But like I said, we, you can't talk history and ghosts without talking a little bit of the organized crime. that happened Right,
1: here, right. You know? was, when I show, it's funny because when I showed up to the cigar, um, the place where you had us meet. Yeah, like everybody knew you there. Like yeah. all the guys were like, we walk, we walk up, we're on the sidewalk, and we're standing there. And we, I mean, we hadn't been there, ten seconds. Walked up, stopped, kind of looked around, and one of the guys goes are you here for the tour uh, for the tour? And I was like, y- yeah. And he goes, yeah, you're looking for a guy. He's going to have a, a, you know, a, a, what do they call the hat? A Panamanian hat. Yeah. He's got a, a Panamanian hat. He said he, yeah, he said he, he's, yeah, he, said he, he's, he was here a minute ago. Like he may be inside. You know, and I was, another guy was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's inside. And I was like, like everybody's sitting in front of the, it was a coffee shop and a cigar place. <laughs> like, and there must've been 15 guys there. All of them were like, yeah, yeah, he just went it's it like. Well, you know,
0: when you have a tour that was named by U.S. Traveler Magazine Best Ghost Tour in America,
1: people start wow, to what recognize what a segue. You. <laughs> you what like a segue. <laughs> um, people do start to recognize you around town. So, um, okay, so what uh, What else is the um, – um, you were saying – you were talking about – before I interrupted you. No, you're sorry. fine. No. Um, you were saying about the uh, – um, the mob mm-hmm. and then you were talking about like you told all the different stories about when we would go into the building oh yeah um, well it's not just mafia stories there's I mean an old it was like
0: ebor City was like the wild west like, of the, like the like South a lot
1: more like some of them were like love stories yeah stuff. there was
0: some heartbreak there and so I mean well like I said the wild west of the south there was dueling in ebor City there would be public executions in ebor City I could go on for about five hours on my ghost store about hauntings, but I have to keep it within two hours because, you know, I I just... Right. I feel like that's the attention span these days. Dueling. Dueling. Yeah, there were duels in Ybor City. Yeah, I know. I know. duel. Oh, yeah. But, Jesus. Ten steps in turn. In fact... it's more of a history thing than anything else, but there was a dual uh, based upon what they were gonna have read to them at
1: the um, at the factories because they used to have readers at the factories. I would, It's funny you say that because when we were going through, I actually was telling Jess. I said, the you know, it's funny. I said they used to have these guys that they would sometimes it would read the newspaper. Yeah. And then sometimes they would read a chapter of a book or exactly. two chapters throughout the because these guys they didn't have radios, they and, didn't have. And most of them were illiterate. The immigrants that came here, so literally,
0: you're that's how they there got and, their news. And you're rolling hundreds of cigars, and all of a sudden. You know, you're hearing like the Count of Monte Cristo, and you're like, all of a sudden, you go, "Oh, I just rolled a hundred cigars well, through that chapter." You know, that's you get interested and pretty cool. Keeps right? you going. That yeah. was the YouTube. That was that the was YouTube, old YouTube back in the day. That exactly. was YouTube. That was yeah. you know, in, in even the days before TV, radio, before any of this stuff, there was guys that would literally be paid to sit there, and I mean, these there was no microphone either. They had to yell it across the whole thing as they're reading Don Quixote or something. Yeah. You know, so uh, there was a duel because one of the factories couldn't decide what was going to be read. <laughs> You know what that is?
1: That's an argument in the TV. So nobody can see right now, but Boziak's sitting over there. That was like an argument in the TV room over what we're going to watch tomorrow exactly. night. That's mm-hmm. the argument. There's going to be, we'll fight. Who's holding we'll the go. remote? Put your shoes Who's holding the <laughs> remote? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny you know that. <laughs> exactly. I put, go put my boots on. We're going to meet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah.
0: intense. What can I say? Yeah. That we go in the showers and fight. Well, that's a different world, man. Yeah. It fascinates me. I mean, to hear your story too is just like you know it's fascinating to think about because somebody from the outside obviously you know the most I've gotten was a night you know in in the slammer, <laughs> so, and it's horrible. Nothing compared yeah. to what I'm sure you went through. I mean, they gave me a cheese sandwich. I went home. That was it. But for you yeah. guys, ugh, it's man. so
1: funny because whenever we talk about, it, he always gripes about. He's like, oh, "Fucking bologna sandwiches." I like bologna <laughs> sandwiches. Like, I'm okay with the bologna yeah. sandwich. I eat well, the sandwich. So, what <laughs> what happened with um the duel? Is there a specific story?
0: Well. <laughs> So the lectors, let's talk a little bit about them. They were like I said, the cream of the society. They were like Hollywood superstars. And they were also at the mercy of the factory workers because they were paid only by tips. They didn't get a living wage, but they also made the most money in everybody in the factory other than the owner because everybody was like great story, here's 2 cents, here's 3 cents. You know, they were eventually they'd be like I made $3 today. And my house costs a dollar 50 a week. Right. You know, they were really well off. So these lectors were totally at the mercy of these, you know, workers and well, the 1920s, let's backtrack even more then. 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution happened in Russia. Mm-hmm. Communism was being spread around the world. So in the early 1920s, these electors kept getting demands like, read from that Karl Marx guy again. I want to hear about workers' rights. And the electors like, listen, the owner told me not to read that stuff. Yeah. You, know, you can imagine being the owner. You're going like, what is he saying down there? Uh, I don't want to hear that yeah. kind of stuff. Big business. And that. No, 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 no. Well, eventually, it got to be so ugly that half the factory, were, they were torn. And this is there's a whole placard over there by Hotel Haya about this. They literally had a duel to decide what would happen. Well, Karl Marx won. And then eventually, that was the death of the lector because the factory owners started going like, we should get some radio. I'll invest <laughs> in the radio. <laughs> yeah, we should get some speakers and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the way it went. Um, Karl Marx
0: killed the lector. What can I say? Yeah. Well, you know,
1: you, you have to uh, imagine, too, like, I thought, uh, you know, it's funny because being from Tampa, mm-hmm. like... These, these factories are like you know they're they're massive factories and they're, they're still here they're big big warehouses so you have the roofs are held up by you know the 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 what, pole the, the, pole, the, the thick own, like, pole the, yeah, beams, the iron and stuff right? so you've got hundreds of guys sitting at tables rolling cigars and so on one of those poles up in the air sometime I and mean, I this mm-hmm. is what or they'd have, like, they like build, like, a stand. They'd have a guy in the middle of it, and he would be—he's exactly. the lector. Right. Yeah,
0: he'd just be sitting in a big chair up there. I don't think we explain that. So yeah, So there's yeah, hundreds I'm sorry. of people yeah. in a huge oh, room. Men, women, children. Ten years old, you start working in the factory. And they're sitting there reading the newspaper to him every morning. As soon as he got there, he'd have his coffee. Just like you, he'd have the newspaper and go, all right, today's events, so this is the date, and et cetera, et cetera. And then he'd go right into the chapters. But not only that, the lectors would also keep them coming back to work because they get to the good part of the book and go— all right. Make sure you're all here tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah. then you'll hear the end of Romeo and Juliet or whatever the I've been reading. You know, it's you know, it, it was almost like, stay tuned, folks. You know, yeah, you genius. Know,
1: what's so funny is it's like the the level of what you had to do to entertain someone before, like you know the amount ima- you imagine, uh, like oh, we're gonna play kick the can. Like yeah. you told some kids that, then now they'd be like, what? Well, no, that's because they have YouTube. They have yeah. you know, they have uh, they have games. They have. What was that Oculus thing? Oh yeah, the Oculus.
0: Oh yeah, my, yeah, ridiculous, it. it's bro. Fun. Well, you know, I used to when I tease kids that come on my tour. I go, you know what the number one toy was for kids back in the day? A kite. <laughs> Just good a time. piece of paper and a twig and a string, and you try and you know kite cutting. You try and hit your friend's kite. Simpler times, man. Mm-hmm. What can I say? Did now you? I have a son. He wants a PlayStation Five.
1: I'm like, these tours ain't doing that good, buddy. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, so what else is uh? What else is cooking? How long have you been doing the tours? I've been doing the tours about
0: seven years. Um, you know, it's, like I said, voted top tour in America by U.S. Traveler Magazine. TripAdvisor has given us an award of one of the top uh, tours to see in the world. And it's a must-see if you ever come to Tampa, Florida. Or if you're traveling around Florida at all in general, you know, come to Ebor T- City. Just even if you have to drive through it, if you haven't seen Ebor City, yeah. like you said, yeah, it's, pretty cool. it's a different place. It's got this own, you know, je ne sais quoi, as they say. Yeah. You know, like, you don't know why, but when you go through it, you're, like, attracted to it. I've had people that come to Ybor City. They talk to me and they go, "I have no idea why I'm
1: here. It's just I heard about it and I had to go see it." And yeah. Now they live there. Well, you can walk all around Ybor oh, and the great. houses and and there's you know the worst part is trying to park. Um, <laughs> really? But though. they do. They have a bunch of parking garages and everything else now. Yeah. Um. Well, and they have a brick. Like all the all the streets are brick. They yeah. have they have a, a trolley system. Yep. They have. Can take you all the way the, downtown. It's honestly it's way cooler than it's way more family. I hate to say family friendly it's, it's more it's better put together and it's better maintained than today in, than it was yeah. well then i'm saying then uh bourbon street oh yeah in in, in new orleans i mean it's way, way better, better. it's everything about you don't have to we brought uh, Jess's daughter down the other day. Like, I wasn't worried about anybody coming up yeah. to her and saying something, you know, raunchy or rude yeah. or anything. It was, I mean, it's it was, still a party town. Yeah, but it wasn't but that it ain't bad. Like, and it's it's just a, it's, it's just on a, on a more solid foundation. It's just a better built. Everything's yeah. kept up yeah. better. But you can thank the city of Tampa cool. for that.
0: I mean, they do a pretty good job. And especially recently, I mean, even before COVID, I went to, like, Gasparilla and stuff like that. I'm like, this was pretty well maintained, you know, considering how many people come down here for these parades and stuff. But I mean, other than that, like there's still some issues. It's it's a party town. The bars are open until th- well, two yeah, three in the morning. It's on like the New wrong Orleans. alley. You're gonna have something. Uh, you know, it's it, there's still gonna be some things that pop up in the news that people go like ebor City. I'm not going there. It's 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 safer than any town that you just mentioned, like Bourbon yeah. Street, New Orleans, Nashville, uh, Memphis. I mean, these are places that have a lot more crime rate than ebor City does. Yeah. So the reputation of the 80s, 90s, you know, I remember growing up around that town. If it, the streetlights came on, you got out of there. Yeah, yeah, you know was, what I mean? It, it was rough. rough. Yeah. You know what
1: we used to do? I went to, you know, Davis Island. Yeah. So I went to a school on Davis Island for kids with learning disabilities. Oh, okay. So we would, during during lunch, we would jump in our car drive all the way down to Ebor. get um is it silver ring or gold ring that the, the same there was an old cuban sandwich shop That one you might stump me on really
0: silver ring or gold ring i'm not sure but so, you know we would go there We me get to the, look up when i get home we get cuban
1: <laughs> a bunch of cuban sandwiches yeah. and we drive all the we could just make it all the way there and all the way back because of traffic it was you know but it was lunch. worth it for the sandwich yeah, go there and you get a, a cuban sandwich and they were they were amazing mm-hmm. and uh but, yeah, it was rough. Like, that was in the middle of the day, and the it wasn't the great. Yeah. At, the ni- at night, it was horrible. Yeah.
0: At nighttime, I remember, like I said, as a kid, if my mom found out I was in Ybor City,
1: she'd be real upset. <laughs> Plus, you know, where I bought, like, one of one of the major—I sc- had one scam where I got, like, $11.5 million mm-hmm. It was from buying houses, and the bulk of those houses were in Ybor City. Yeah. So, you know, you could buy houses back then for— same houses that are now going for a hundred, half a million, thousand. right? Yeah. Well, I was buying them in oh, well, rehab is, condition, like forty, fifty thousand oh, okay. dollars. Yeah. Those same houses That's in nuts. shitty condition are going for two hundred thousand now. That's what's and crazy. And they're horrible. Exactly.
0: And surrounded by okay area, but not you know the best area. But you know, speaking on that, like, Ebor City's always had something like that going on. And the the scam that you even mentioned about getting a house, you know, working around the mortgage fraud or whatever you were. Uh, really, really deep into, basically that's been going on since the beginning of time in Ybor. The first crimes of the mafia were arson and grand larceny. You know, like right. they, you know that. you know they'd get a bunch of furniture and have it appraised for a hundred thousand dollars, even though it's worth like fifty bucks. Light a match, and then now they collect. You know the insurance companies. It's uh, it's it's nothing new. It's something in Ybor City. I'm sure. I mean, I don't want to step on any toes, but there's probably something going on now that I don't know about. Yeah. You know, it's it's always gonna be a cycle of something going on in Newport city. It's had so many different lives. How could it not? Listen, I've, I've,
1: I've always done well on a fire. <laughs> I've had a couple fires. Every one of them was, it was a good deal. You it know? always worked out in, in the end for me. Yeah.
0: It's I hear fun. you. You know, it's, it's insurance. What can I say?
1: I'm telling you. Um, actually I had a fire one time. I literally, I'm just going to tell you. Remember, yeah, I, I mean, bought a fine. place on a, like we bought it on like a Monday. And we were in the middle – the people that owned it were in the middle of evicting someone. They were going to have them evicted by, like, Wednesday. And so they were like, do you want to wait until Wednesday when we get this guy out? And I said, nah, we'll close Monday. Just follow through on the eviction, and it it doesn't matter because we'll – he won't know that we've bought it on yeah. Monday. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know that really technically. Yeah, he's not we're gonna
0: get a to... nail on the door says, right. Well yeah.
1: technically we're supposed to start over. Yeah. The eviction. So I said, just continue to evict him. He'll be the cops will show up. Oh, Nobody'll I know. See. Nobody okay, deal. Okay. I we close you. on a Monday. Wednesday, I get a phone call from the real estate agent and she says, Hey, are you down there? And I go, Down where? She goes, At at the property. It was a quadplex. It was a four unit building. And I went, No? Well, why? She goes, Oh, they didn't call you? And I went, No, what happened? They had evicted the guy. The guy, the cop showed up. He walked out. The cop's like, get, you got to get out now. And we're changing the locks. You got to get out. So he left. Mm-hmm. They didn't change the lock. Oh, he came because back. Because he walked straight out, got into his car, drove down the street, came back with a gas can an hour later. <laughs> Literally, there's some old woman in a wheelchair <laughs> and duplex next door looking who looks out the window all day, sees him pull up, get out with a gas can, walk over to the door. Put his key in, opens the door, takes gas, oh comes out, God. drops the gas can, gets in his car. And she said, right then I could see the smoke coming out. <laughs> Drives off. Cops show up. You know, she calls the fire department. Yeah. She calls the police. The police mm-hmm. say, did you see this? Yeah, it's the guy they just evicted an hour ago. Dang. Tells them the whole thing. And the whole place burned down. So I, she's like, it not, it didn't all burn down. The one unit got really badly burned. Yeah. And I remember she called me, I was like, oh my God. So I drove down there and I was like, oh, I just like, luckily, you know, obviously I had insurance. Yeah. But think about that policy. (sighs) They just just had insured for two two days. days. Yeah, no,
0: if I was that, even though, you know, insurance comes, they're supposed to be pretty
1: skeptical. I'd be like, no, get this guy in my office right now. But how did it work out for you? Oh, it worked out, well, first the claims adjuster came down. He said, he said like 30, he wanted like to give us like $32,000 and I was thrilled. Yeah. But, just knock that room off and build a wall there. Well, it was, a, <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a building, and okay. I, I was thinking, you know, honestly, i had only bought that building because the school board was supposed to be buying up everything in the area to oh. put, put a new school in. It had been planned for so years. You were trying to flip it. Well, I was pl- planning. I was pl- thinking they would buy it from me. Yeah. I was just going to maintain it until they bought it. Yeah. So anyway, the guy they offered like thirty-two thousand or something like that. I got a public adjuster. He came in. He looked at it. He came back. Argued with the adjuster, got it up to fifty nine grand, which he gets ten percent of. Yeah. He took ten percent. So I got a check for like fifty four thousand and change. I'll take it. Put I took fifteen hundred bucks, got somebody to gut the whole place, and yeah. before we started to build it out, we got the letter from the school board we're saying, Hey, we're it. gonna buy it. I bought the property for like Jesus. Eighty grand, they bought it from me for a hundred and fifty-seven or one hundred fifty-eight thousand nice. dollars. Within a few months, like that was a nice. And then plus the check you got. Plus the check, I only spent like fifteen hundred bucks. I did lose the rent for like yeah. three months on that one building out of four buildings, though. Yeah. So big deal. I was, I never had to make a payment. Yeah. So that was, like I said, I did well on that fire. <laughs> I've always done well on a fire.
0: Yeah. I could just. Pick, you ever seen that meme where the girls like smiling in front of the fire, the burning building, like that? I bet that was your face when you saw it, like oh that money go nice nice good, yeah yeah It was yeah, a, the,
1: hey, good that was a good look it's pretty funny the way it works sometimes yeah so all right well, a- anything else you want to well just over? you know i'll
0: you know want to make sure that people know we do tours uh seven nights a week available 8 p.m if they fill up we go to 10 p.m uh it's 25 dollars a person for adults 10 dollars for children and then it's uh it's about a 90 minute tour we do historical facts we go into some haunted buildings and let me tell you, the best way to put it, it's like being in a scary movie,
1: but you're in the movie. Yeah,
0: you get to go in the
1: buildings, and well, you know that, this, that's Matthew. what was you, cool. Matt, was you, actually, you got to go in. It was at what was it? Ten o'clock at night. 10 30, yeah, about, at night.
0: We, we get there about like nine thirty when right. the sun has set. It's even better when like you get a full dark. moon and yeah, it's dark. And when you get off Seventh
1: Avenue of Ebor, you know it gets quiet.
0: Yeah. Real well, park. and then
1: what was the one building? The the was it the old Cuban Club? Yeah, the Cuban Club of Ebor like City. That whole, that's a massive building. We walked through the whole, and it was just us. There's nobody yeah. there. You exactly. have the key. The key to it, luckily, because well, the respect I have for the building. Right. But
0: not only that, this is a building that like the shows like the Ghost Hunters, Dead Files, Ghost Adventures. They have all investigated this building, and the Ghost hunter said there's uh, hundreds of ghosts, hundreds of ghosts in it. It was named one of the top most haunted buildings in America, and I get to bring you guys in there to investigate it. Yeah, talk so about. There's a reason why we're getting such highly acclaimed you know, praise for our tour because when you have passion, when you have knowledge, and when you have access, it's head and shoulders above the others.
1: Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the, the link to the website in Please. the description. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all right. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, if you like the video, do me a favor and subscribe. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos like this. Uh, share the video, leave a comment for me in the description. I try and respond in the description, leave a comment in the comment section. I try and respond to any comments worth responding to. And uh, I appreciate you guys watching and see you.